The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last talk. On the left. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? How did you know? I'm ju- I've been around this old spinning globe. <laughs> He's seen it all. Um, all right, so this is listener pasta. Is that the deal? Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only all we've been talking about and sending emails about it for the last this fucking week. week. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. All right, um, so I'm just doing like the welcome to the show thing. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the show. <laughs> That's Marcus. I'm Ben, and then we go to Henry, and he does a character. Here. Uh, I am concerned citizen Henry Zabrowski in the Creek in a Cave studio for the first time, and um, I have to say this listener pasta episode is also an intervention, Ben. Oh, really? Uh, you are, uh, I'm going to say, visibly drunk I'm at noon on a Sunday. I haven't drunk all day. I say you have like wavy lines coming off of you, and you literally hiccup, and a bubble came out of your mouth. Right. And I right. know that that is that's a problem. All right. This is, this, you have a you have a problem. You must acknowledge. You have to acknowledge the problem right. for there to be one. That's that's why I don't acknowledge it. It's the perfect way to that avoid a problem. problem. Ooh, yes. Yeah, so now we are on to week three, three. of our Halloween right. celebration. Oh, my God. It's so close. Oh, my God. I got a hard one. Don't have one. Don't have one right now. What is having one. That's, that's just. Fine. I'm yeah. ready for Halloween. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We um, all are. And I also want to put this out yeah. there to Los Angeles inhabitants. What is the best... Uh, horror show or hor- like ha- Halloween event that you like, send it to me because fucking fill, fill my schedule with cool things, mm-hmm. please. I think it's called the Emmys. <laughs> ben, ben, you need to be on the red carpet. That is, that is, that is sheer gold. Um, all right. Everybody. Reeking Let's, of gin. <laughs> no, I didn't even drink any gin last night. Vodka. That's, yeah. I drank vodka. some vodka last r- night. Some vo- I remember around 2.30, Ben sidling up next to me at the bar and say, Hey, bartender, uh, double vodka tonic with a splash of cranberry in it. Uh, wrong. <laughs> double vodka soda with a splash of cranberry in it because you want to have a little flavor. And the soda has no calories. And I'm trying to lose weight. And I don't know if you've noticed, Jesus but I've lost two pounds. Mm. I... Haven't. All right. <laughs> anyway, we got listener pasta, and there's a fella, and he called in from Medford, Wisconsin, which is one of the spookier locations around um, in this entire country, and his name is Luke. Oh, I thought it was Kluke. <laughs> oh, no, no. Is that not a name? No, Kluke is not actually a name. Oh, that's weird. That's I know. A, I'm sorry. I've spent a lot of time on Uranus. Yes. Kluke <laughs> is a frame of mind. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. yeah I've heard that. Feeling kluky. You know what else is a frame of mind? What's that? Your age. Okay, so <laughs> Luke here. <laughs> Luke is here. Luke, how are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? All right. Are you ready to scare the shit out of us, please? Oh, boy, am I. Um, so, again, I just want to, before we begin with Luke, um, guys, it's Halloween. I don't care if you're at your your workplace right now. I don't care if you're grandma's house, your grandmother's house. I don't care if you are on the job at a hospital as an emergency plastic surgeon. Maybe a construction job. Whatever the fuck it is you do. Okay. Take off your pants. No. Right now. <laughs> Take off your pants. Fiddle with your pubes. <laughs> with your left hand. With your right mm-hmm. hand. Roll up a fucking pool table leg. Full of fucking sticky nicky fucking pesto balls. There's a person dying on the milk. on the opera. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> okay. Smoke it up and get ready to be delighted with fright. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> uh, it's Luke's uh, Luke's story is uh, we're starting off with some aliens here. Fuck. Which yes. I think we we had a couple of alien stories last year, but we're going to start off with an alien story this year from Lucas. So, L- Lucas, Luke, tell us uh, your alien story. I thought it was just about growing up in Wisconsin and how miserable <laughs> that is. Well, all right, let's get right to it. Um, I guess all this starts when I was eight years old. Um, we moved to a different town. It's not the delightful Medford, Wisconsin. It was uh, more towards Minnesota. And uh, at that time, you know, I was I was kind of a weird kid, which shouldn't come as a surprise since I listened to this podcast. I mean, we're all fucking very normal. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was, I was really into aliens. They had books at the school library, like, you know, Baby's First UFOology. Uh, book and I just devoured all of that. That's awesome. I can't and wait to get that for my children and then just send them off to school and they're like, but there's a bigger agenda. And they're like, Mrs. Zabrowski, your kids can't read. <laughs> <laughs> but you're teaching them the truth. Yes. And that's what's important. But uh, yeah, a- around that time, I started to have these really vivid nightmares. Just, you know, you have those dreams on occasion that they are real as they're happening to you. And uh, they always took the same form. It was, I would, you know, fall asleep, and in my dream, I would be lying in my bed, look over to my window, and there would be something looking in on me. Um, And, you know, obviously it was an alien. Um, The best way to describe them, I guess, it it's not that they were exactly like Whitley Stryber's communion aliens, you know, the short grays, but they they sort of look like uh, if you've ever seen that movie Splice, mm. terrible movie, but yeah. it's a great movie, that, hot yeah, sex he scene. He fucking his own daughter. I love that <laughs> sex scene. Amazing stuff. But but they kind of looked like the monster in that movie. Just well, you know, they talk about because the, they're the types that people see all the time. The short grays are the ones that are the robotic like servants of what is often described. Even what you're talking about is these tall grays. The tall grays are the ones that are a little bit more like us looking, uh, elongated. Yeah. And the wind, the thing that's always mentioned about them is that they are insect like, that they move like insects, but. That's also people desperate for attention. Was it masturbating? <laughs> Do you feel like it was getting aroused when it was looking at you? I can't say. I couldn't really, like, 
I couldn't make out any specific facial like movement or anything like that. Was it that, was just there's something looking in on me. Was so, that the entire dream? No. Uh, it would be I would you know I would wake up look at the window. There would be something looking in on me, and then I would just start screaming. Ooh. Like in my dream, it would be this top of my lungs just louder than I could scream in real life just guttural terrified oh my god I'm gonna die that sort of thing and uh, in my dreams sometimes my parents would come down and they'd be like oh Luke what are you doing down here what's what's the deal <laughs> now, Luke you listening to some of that new heavy metal music <laughs> yeah and I would always be like there's something outside there's an alien outside the window and they would go and look and there'd be nothing they'd be like oh right. Luke you're just your imagination's going wild. And that would essentially be the dream. Uh, you know, I would wake up and there, there was never that, oh, maybe that actually happened. Like, it was always, oh, that was just a nightmare. I should get ready for school. Do you have a rogue uncle? <laughs> no. Is there, any, is there no, anyone in your family? No. history of creepy people in my no. family or neighbors or anything like that. Um, so that... You know, fast forward 15 years. How often I, had you had the dream through your childhood? I have not had the dream since moving out of that house, okay. which okay. actually could play into something. I'll get to that. Um, I was I was talking with my dad, and my dad's this big, blustery Midwestern guy, so the only way I can relate to him is through drinking. And, right. Uh, what does he like to know, drink we, the most? <laughs> we... Uh, we were a few drinks down, and we were just kind of talking about, you know, embarrassing family stuff. Ben is very focused on the booze today because yeah, uh, no. he's, he's literally visibly intoxicated. There is a juniper berry hanging out of his nose. I'm not drunk. I just woke up. Um, all right, what did your dad like to drink? He just answered. He just answered the just question. Said, yes, he just said. So you're getting drunk with your father. Yeah, whiskey sour. We're not mad at you, Luke. All right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we were, we were just sort of talking about, you know, embarrassing family stuff from the past. And and then he just he looks at me and he says, you know, I remember those times where you would just wake up screaming in the middle of the night, just bloody murder. And we would go down and you'd be like pointing at the window like, oh, my God, there's something out there. And. And we would, you know, we would go and check and there'd be nothing, but you were just constantly like, no, aliens, aliens. And I never thought that that actually happened. Oh, you Ooh. thought that them coming to see you was all a part of the dream. Yeah. And, and like the, the entire time I was like, oh, that entire experience was just a night terror. I should move on. And then... And then he just busts out, no, that actually happened. Like, I was Ooh. screaming about aliens um, the night. Even Whitley Strieber said that, though. He said that during his experiences that he would find himself in the middle of it realizing that he was screaming. Right. Realizing the right. entire time. Because they say that aliens have this effect on humans, that they are so foreign to us. They make our nervous systems literally get charged up. They make, like, our hair on the back of our neck stand up because it's like being approached by a superior creature. Yeah. What did your father think about you uh, seeing the aliens? Did he Was he mocking you or was he, like, uh, uh, he, sympathetic? Well, he, he didn't, like, he assumed... 
he knew I was sort of the sci-fi geek, sort of nerdy kid. So he he was just, I think he was coming at it from, oh, he's just having a nightmare, you know, let him let him be. Yeah, this uh, is what he gets for reading those books. Right, you know. exactly. Yeah. And uh, But you haven't had any recent experiences? I haven't had any recent experiences, but just the fact that my dad sort of, and, and uh, he also said, you know, uh, yeah, you were, we sort of got to talking about it, and he was like, yeah, you were always talking about aliens. Like, sometimes you'd come up in the middle of the night, and, like, you're talking about, I don't want them to look at me through the window. And if right. I was your father, I would be fucking creeped out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd black I mean, out your windows, I'll tell you that. But, but the thing is, I never remembered talking to him about, like, any of that stuff. Did he ever get probed? No, I don't. I don't think so. Like it, mm. it's not as dramatic Dang. as say, like you know, oh, I found an alien implant in my ear or something like that. No, but, no, but th but th that's a, that's a common experience. That is what people th th people have described that experience multitudes of ways. That's that's how they come a lot of times. Jeremy Vaney. We we uh, we we interviewed Jeremy Vaney. He's, he was that's sexually how it started. He was, he was yeah. He was definitely yeah, sexually molested. <laughs> Did you feel like you were dressing like? Uh, like a sexy astronaut when you went to sleep and sort right. of got these the aliens all fucking hard for you. Yeah. Um, are you saying I deserved this? <laughs> no, no, no. No victim blame. No victim blame. We're not doing anything like Definitely that. not. But maybe you did court them. Yeah, maybe you let them on. Bit. Yeah, you know, maybe. just by sleeping there, being a kid, all <sighs> fucking ready for them to come and just pull on your pants and just play with your little right. berries you got going on down there. I just feel like it's it's a fun little alien looking through the window of a Medford, Wisconsin house, and oh, I wish I was a human. You know, maybe that was the case. No, maybe that's just that's you. That was just uh, you going through your neighborhood in Wisconsin, looking at oh, people through their windows, yeah, eating dinner with their normal mm. families, <laughs> like that Norman Rockwell painting. That alien just wanted to be a real boy. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for your story, man. Yeah, no problem. That's great. Look, yeah, it's an honor to be on the show. Listen thanks. to it every week. Do you do you bring this into your sex life at all? Uh, every time I've tried, it's kind of backfired. Mm. So. Babe, I just want you to lay here, and I'm going to go paint myself brown, and I'm going to stare at you through the window. And she's like, I don't want to play OJ again. He's like, no, this is not OJ. This is well, Yeah, maybe uh, the opposite. Maybe she looks at him through the window. But, uh, all right, thank you. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. All right, Luke from Medford, Wisconsin. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse picks. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on 
hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hi, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list. With Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish. Wow! I just gotta learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm gonna be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thank you, Luke. God. He smells drunk. Well, I do not smell drunk. I didn't have time to brush my teeth this morning. <laughs> All right. Our next caller is Drew Frazier. Uh, where are you from, Drew? San Diego, California. Ew, beautiful San Diego, California. How's the uh... weather? Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say breasts. No, oh, they're great. How are the breasts out there? Ooh, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. San Diego. Uh, don't get me going. I actually just got back from San Diego. I went to Rico's Burritos. 
boy, howdy. One with 1,000 other taco shops. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It, but. it was a yeah, good one. Good burn, Drew. <laughs> making fun of Henry. I love it. You went all the way to San Diego for a burrito? Uh, I go to a lot of places for just a burrito. <laughs> Solely the burrito, okay. No, that's a justifiable reason. Yes. All right, Drew, what is your spooky story from San Diego? And again, before this story, what I'd like you to do is wherever you are right now, if you're driving a car, if you're flying a plane, what I want you to do is to take off your shirt. But you should have your hands on the wheel, uh, though. No, no. You'd want to have no, your hands. Let, God, let Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> and you fucking take a shot of whiskey and fucking blow a bong load into your asshole. Well, that's what brought down the Malaysian plane. No I know, one really that was knows a, it. Yeah. But it was, what, what a ride it was. The 30 seconds before yeah. it, it disintegrated in the air, though. And be prepared to get scared by the salty tunes of Drew Frazier from San Diego. It seems as if the pilots have injected bong and smoked bongs through their butts. Okay. Drew from San Diego. Drew from bongs in their butts there. So, Drew, you, uh, you're a Marine, right? Yes. All right. Yeah. And uh, apparently, these do these stories uh, have to do with your time in the uh, Marine Corps. They do. In fact, they're from Afghanistan. So Ooh, all shit, three man. of them happened right right while I was deployed. I have been looking for a ghost story from Afghanistan for years. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Yeah, this is great. All right, man. What do you got? All right. So it starts off. Uh, let's go back. to... 2012 we had an outpost that would get cycled through every couple days with a new squad so uh, we were down there it's a smaller uh, compound about 100 by 100 three rooms and two posts so you would be overwatching a uh, river to your left and your right is a wall uh, just to kind of give the tense uh, moments or, or kind of feeling that I had was that anything could have come around those corners and so every time you're kind of on edge while you're down there so I'm, I'm down there it's winter time it's cold and that's when i hear this maniacal scream best way i can describe it is just this deep scream out to my left maybe 150 feet away so already i'm on i'm on edge but when i hear this really gets the adrenaline pumping uh so i i yelled at my buddy Hey, did you hear that? No, he didn't hear. He didn't, he didn't hear nothing. So that's the first instance. And yeah, he's as like, the, did uh, you hear what? And he's like, did you hear the? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 bro. No, no. he, he no, didn't fine. hear it. But you know, it's understandable. So either way, I ignore it because I'm not crazy. We don't need anyone being crazy right now. So you, right. You, we'll fast forward a couple days. Uh, and as we're transitioning with our squad, I hear someone ask. Uh, Hey man, how you been sleeping? You know, we're on edge, it's cold, whatever. You know, people ask these questions, but it was more specific to being here at this compound. So he asked that, he's like, ah, oh, you know, I've been sleeping, whatever. So again, we'll fast forward again for a couple more days later. And uh, it's been raining for about five days straight. Mud up to your damn knees, it's awful. And uh, that's when, again, he asked how he's sleeping, but again, same kind of discomfort while he's sleeping. Either way, um, I'm down there again. It's nighttime, three o'clock in the morning, cold. It's been raining for five days, and I hear it again. I hear it again about same distance off to my left. But this time, my buddy responds, "Hey, did you hear that? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I heard that, man." And he uh, he says, "Man, it sounds like a retard screaming." 
He's like, yes, thank you, Sergeant Horacio. American heroes are allowed to say the R word. That's what I always say. So uh, the next morning, um, uh, sorry, not the next morning, that night, I uh, go to wake up my relief. And as I wake him up, I walk into the room. It's pitch black in there. And I, I go, to, go to wake him up, and I realize he's already awake. And I look a little bit closer. He has his rifle in his hands. So already, I'm, okay, what's going on? And he says to me, there's someone in the room. So my adrenaline's pounding at this point because I think I'm going to have to stab someone with my rifle. But he turns to me and uh, he says, over, over there. And it's, it's at the back of the room with a pile of blankets. And he says, I woke up after a terrible dream to hear someone like, breathing out and breathing in really slow. He, he's in this room alone. So he hears this, and he woke up, and this was about 30 minutes before I woke him up, and he said he had been listening to, now there's lots of creatures in Afghanistan, he's everywhere, but all he hears is this methodical scratching against the mud. Now the whole country is fucking mud, so it could come from anywhere, but he said it was the back of the room, and he heard this scratching. So I shine my light back there, there's nothing there, but on the wall, is a three by three, you know, a, a large dream catcher up on the wall. And I don't know how long it's been there, but either way, it's been there since the, the previous residents had uh, owned it. All their kind of belongings were in the back of the room. And either way, he wakes up and, or not wakes up, he gets up and uh, heads out and relieves us on post. When I go to sleep, I wake up the next morning and all the people's belongings, the dream catcher, all that shit's on fire, all out in our burnt pit. Whoa. They burned it all. Not, not as in um, something spooky happened, they decided to burn it because they wanted it out of there. Because of all of the uh, uncomfortable and bad sleep that everyone had been getting from that room. So finally, like, somebody snapped and was like, I'm getting rid of all of this shit. It had to go. All of it had to go. There was, it was, because it wasn't just one or two people, there was about five people that slept in that room on and off as God. they cycled through. So this was a consistent thing that uh, everyone was having. So... And that's that's where the story ends right there. That's great. Damn. And that's the secret war in Afghanistan no one's talking about. <laughs> yeah, we need to send these new female Ghostbusters over mm -hmm. there. <laughs> I agree. Uh, that's that's fucking frightening. So did all the so did all the activity stop after it was burned? After all the stuff was burned? Well, I was there for about one more cycle and nothing was mentioned. I heard no noises, I heard no screen, nothing like that. How, how long but, is the cycle? Uh a between two to three days, and then when it would rain, we'd be there for about five days. So this was someone's former home. This wasn't. This isn't, wasn't built by us. This was a locals like home that was retrofitted into a base. Um. Well, it was a. It was an observation. Like it would. It would. Uh, five people would come down, and it was literally just a house. And yes, yeah, so exactly. There was. Right. There's some sandbags put up, things like that. But other than that, it was literally whatever they built. That's what it was. Three rooms, and that was it. Wow, that's amazing. That's Very so cool. intense, dude. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're back and you're and you're all right, man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, man. No problem, guys. Appreciate it, and I'm uh, looking forward to uh, hearing the new episode. Oh, wait, one more thing. Didn't you say that you had, uh, didn't you say you saw something in the sky? Right. Um, so this was, we'll fast forward again. We'll say, this is a, six months, we'll say, we'll fast forward. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and... Uh, I was just sitting on a rooftop and I was looking at the sky. When there's no lights around for 150 miles, the sky is just gorgeous and bright. Right. So, I've never seen that. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds wonderful. And so I'm looking at this mountain range kind of behind us, and I see um, what I only can describe as a projectile, like white though, uh, up in the sky, big enough for me to recognize it though as that. Um, and it is pr uh, moving horizontally, hmm. not kind of, not kind of at an angle, nothing like that. That was, that was the key thing was it was moving horizontally, and as it went, it uh, it didn't explode, it burst. Which I don't. I What's the difference? To well, I don't want to imply that there was like an explosion. It of separated into different parts, sort of. Well, it when it, when I say it burst, it was it it went it just it explode <laughs> it burst into a perfect circle. That's that's pretty much what it came down to with oh. this, this circle. Well, and I'm gonna was, say that you guys are sitting on a lot of secret shit, and I <laughs> yeah. think you know a lot of stuff that you don't want to talk about. It's, He's it's, talking about it, Henry. I'm just saying there's other shit that you know that you won't spill, man. And I know that there's another agenda going on. Mm -hmm. always, yeah, because you know how much Marine infantry men are involved in yeah, Area 51 type <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when and you, yeah, the, the, the key part about that, about what I saw was that it was the, the, the cloud of, of smoke that it created was a perfect circle. And it kept expanding and expanding, and then about uh, maybe two minutes went by, and another one had, had branched off to make another smaller little circle, and then it kept expanding, and that was that was pretty much it. That this thing went, it burst and burst, and these perfect circles were up in the sky. Not even hmm. uh, not even a joke, but uh, that sounds like fucking uh, chemtrails. That yeah. sounds like when the, when they seed clouds and cloud shit like bursting. That. Yeah. So you could be, you could have seen your your fucking government. <laughs> I mean, it's everyone's government. I mean, technically, you know, yeah. I, our our yeah. government. Yeah. But you were on the front lines and you saw us tested new shit. It didn't rain like snow cones or anything, right? Or like giant tomatoes. Ooh, I <laughs> no, love that. I, no, but it was actually a uh, above the mountain as it as it went off. There was a, a fog that came down the mountain. It didn't make it to me, but I, I, I noted that it was this fog that rolled down the mountain. Chemtrails. Ooh. Yeah. Chemtrails. Yeah, they might. I mean, we do know that the uh, United States government has a habit of experimenting on its own soldiers. Well, I've had several people in Los <laughs> Angeles come at me too, and they're like, "You can tell what clouds are chemtrail clouds because they're trying to make it rain in that fucking godless city where yeah. I'm forced to be in." Abandon right. it. Abandon it. Like that, yeah. it should be abandoned. It's a hell desert. Do you have any uh, health ramifications after you saw the uh, possible chemtrails? Do you have like uh, a, a third testicle or anything? No third testicles. I think I'm actually I'm okay as far as that goes. Yeah. Good. Well, man, I'm so glad you're okay. Thank you for serving our country, and thank you for giving us our the, a fucking delicious spooky tail. Yes, <laughs> delicious right on, guys. spooky. Thanks for having me. Hail, Hail Satan. Yeah. Hail. Hail So as a part of the Listener Pasta celebration of Halloween this week, we're going to be reading some of these stories that you've sent in via email as well, and we're going to smash them like a cock between two buttocks. Nice. In between these uh, recorded stories from some of our listeners. And I'm going to say, some of these are pretty spooky. Spooky indeed. <laughs> some of these are pretty spooky and is it spooky. And if you can notice that there's a difference in uh, the recording sounding of my voice, it's because I'm back in Los Angeles. I was only in New York for a brief period of time. And good Christ, do I miss it? Mm. You look miserable, Henry. Thank you. And if you want to know why Ben sounds weird, that's because he 
is stuck at the doggy house right now. <laughs> yeah, so if you hear a random Pomeranian barking, there's no Pomeranian that I take care of. Hmm. Is it a ghost? <laughs> It's a ghost. <laughs> it's probably. I will say I got pretty freaked out by a raccoon last night. Yeah, uh, dude, what is it with you and raccoons? They're fucking coming for me, man. They love you, dude. I don't think they do. I don't you think they see do. A, they, just, they look at you like you're a big garbage can full of <laughs> meats and cheeses they want to eat. <laughs> we are similar in that way. Yes. Um, all right, should I start? Start, Ben. Yes, please. Okay, so I'm just going to read the full email. Read the story. No, just find the story part of it. Read the story. I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, hello, sure. guys. I have a story for you. Oh, that's exciting. It's not as cool as knowing a serial killer, though my grandfather knew people who worked on the Zodiac case at the Mare Island Navy base, and my mother's teacher taught Patty Hearst before she went crazy. So you're that's a case not solved, and that's a teacher who drove somebody nuts. So your family <laughs> background is uh, full of bad educators and bad detectives. Anyways, my story. I live in Arkansas, part of Tornado Alley. Tornado season starts around the end of April. I was a junior in high school, and remember the sky was so dark it seemed like the sun never rose that morning. Ooh, missing sun. It was one of the most violent thunderstorms I'd ever seen. Around 9 a.m., the principal announced that our classmate, we'll call him John, because his name was probably John, uh, had been struck by lightning around 7.30 at his bus stop at a local Baptist church and passed away at the regional hospital. I don't know why that's such a funny way to die. <laughs> what happened to John? Struck by lightning. You know, oh, all right. We were all shocked. Nothing like that had happened before at our school. By lunchtime, people were spreading the story around of what happened. Rumor had it it was his that his last words had been along the lines of "I hate this goddamn rain," <laughs> <laughs> and the rain smite me. <laughs> before being struck by the lightning to the school parking lot, that those are pretty perfect last words before you get struck by lightning. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that his shoes had melted into the asphalt. Sure wish I had left my umbrella hat at home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his shoes had melted into the asphalt when he was struck. I talked to my friend into driving down to the church to check it out. Uh, there was nothing there beyond some burnt asphalt, but there were, disappointingly, no melted shoes. Uh, that's sad. A week later after the funeral, after his obituary was published, I was in the library for study hall when another thunderstorm hit the town. The school was old and it wasn't surprising that when the power went out, it wasn't surprising when the power went out. But when it came back on, the fax machine was turned on and began spitting out copies of John's obituary. Also later that year, a deer with brain worms ran through the school and shat all over the commons during lunch. <laughs> That's the story I want to hear next. <laughs> during, the, during camo day of spirit week. Uh, camo day, I assume everyone wears camouflage during spirit week here. Um, it was kind of a weird year. Also, I just wanted to say that I love the podcast and I've met so many great people on the Facebook page. Thanks for that, Beth Ashley T. Wow. That's so nice. Um, I think it's I'm the gonna, brain... I'm going to preemptively, hesitantly congratulate you on your reading skills <laughs> for that email. I think that you did well. I think that you, you attempted to read it and you I attempted did. to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I mean, proud really... of you. Yeah. And also later that year, a deer with brain worms ran through the school and shat all over the commons during lunch. 
<laughs> which might be my favorite sentence I've ever read. Yes. Right. Besides, Henry Zabrowski, you're not the father. <laughs> oh, that's a funny one, too. Fuck! 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 All right, well, let's uh, let's go back to uh, another call. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. Uh, Rowan. Yeah, hi. Hey, how are you? Thanks so much for doing the show. Thank you for choosing my story. Yeah, Rowan's a long-time listener. I, I have seen Rowan. I know Rowan's name. <laughs> Don't creep her out. <laughs> I know everything about you. I have seen oh, you, right. Miss McDonald's. Uh, good vacation to Spain last year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Our next story is from longtime listener Rowan McDonald. How you doing today, Rowan? I'm good. I have some spooky shit. All right. And before this story, I just want to say, I don't care where you are right now. I don't care if you're at a grocery store (laughs) or if you're at your grandmother's fucking funeral. I want you to take off your shoes. Sorry about your grandmother, though. (laughs) Your grandmother. Nobody cares. Well, what I want you to do is I want you to get a flask, right, and fill it with weed juice <laughs> weed juice, and I want you to suck on it the entire time and play with your toes in the grass okay. and be ready to have your mind fucking flip flop like a brown mm-hmm. pancake by Rowan's scary tale of the so you, you just ask people to be autistic at a funeral yeah. <laughs> that's good good to know alright Rowan what do you got all right, so um, when I was eight, I moved from California to Connecticut uh, into a place in New Britain, and my sister and I had a bunk bed, a metal bunk bed, um, because that was a good idea. Uh, well, I went to sleep one night. I tried to go to sleep early because it was a like five-day trip across the cr- country, and uh, my sister was on the bottom bunk. I was on the top, and out of nowhere, I felt someone like punch me on the top of my head. My sister's a jerk, so I assumed she did it. I got up and I started yelling at her. And she was like, don't you think you would have heard me get up and then get back down? I was like, I guess, but it really felt like someone punched me, but I let it go for that point in time. Yeah, because there's also that syndrome mm. known as exploding head syndrome. And yeah. I've gotten yeah. a couple times where you hear a loud noise and it wakes me up out of my sleep. Mm-hmm. That's but funny. I wasn't quite asleep yet, so it okay. was weird. Yes. So then my sister went on, like she went to a sleepover and I wanted to sleep on her bed because it was bigger. And better, and I was eight. Oh my and god! Usually the top bunk is better than the bottom bunk. I thought. No, I fell out of it once. So. Mm. Oh, and then you're um, afraid yeah. for the rest yeah. of your life. Believe me, yeah. that's why I can't sit in chairs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> difficult for me. Always yeah. falling. I was asleep, and in the middle of the night, I woke up and I looked out from under the covers, and I saw this girl sitting like in front of me. And she had like this weird green decaying skin. She was staring straight at me. And like, she was almost glowing white. Like the rest of my room was dark, but she was like glowing white. And I was so freaked out. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't do anything. I just like hid under the covers until my brain was like, okay, you're going to sleep now. But I didn't notice. Um, After that point, I would feel things in my room, like out of nowhere. I was alone, but I'd feel like someone was staring at me. And I would bump into people that weren't there or I'd hear whispering in my ear. 
one time it even whispered my name into my ear which i then ran out into the living room sat there with my door open just kind of stared it was not okay Um, i also had a reoccurring dream that was rowan is a great name to say slowly did it sound like that rowan yes we don't want to scare you rowan It was Henry. It was Henry. Henry's the girl. I've always followed you. Um, so I had this uh, reoccurring dream that I only had when I was living in this house. Of I was like a I was like a camera looking through these like through a slot, and there was this person. It was a dirt floor, and there were like metal walls, and this person was clearly insane, and they were like saying stuff and like writhing around and then it saw me and it stopped and it would go towards this window thing and it like reached out and that's when I would back up and it would tell me things like you know uh like let me out I'll get you it's like clawing at me and I'm just which is two opposite messages right and yeah like, every time you tell me to let you out and then you say you're gonna, gonna get, get me, me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry bro I ain't gonna help you it's I'm sorry no it is it is let me out. I'll I'll take care of you forever. Like that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. I'll marry your ass. Yeah. Let me out. I'm gonna stab you a bunch. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm good. And I had always had this bad feeling in my back hallway. It was mostly my room and my back hallway where the bathroom was, so that was inconvenient. Um, and it was just bad. A bad feeling. I hated it. And what one was night the feeling? Was it like super heavy and intense? Yeah. It was very much like what I felt in my room when I felt like someone was watching me. It was intense and it was bad. Now you weren't stoned to the gills, right? Because sometimes Seeing I get as that. I was, I was eight to fourteen, probably not. You know, mm-hmm. you never I don't know. know. I, I eight year olds, I started getting high at like fourteen. You're also yeah. all fucked up. Had next, yeah. Had yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next girlfriend. She started smoking weed at like eleven. You're you know, so it's different. Also fucked up. Also, I remember how fucked up she was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so, yeah, so have you experienced anything in adulthood, or it, you're, is that house still in your family? Not really. Like, like not in, since, in your family. Like since I moved out of this place, there's not really been much of anything. Do you feel unloved? <laughs> Calm down, Ben. That's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's the case, please send me an email. And we'll get to it on a the other the different show. Yeah. <laughs> the feelings. Um, well, so I'm, then one night I had this dream, and it had the girl. It had the little girl, and it was different parts of my house. And then out of nowhere, it like in the back hallway, there was this man like hanging himself. And the whole dream was like in like strobe light sort of thing. It's like every one of your dreams is a Metallica video. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, through these years, apparently it was. Um, Yeah, yeah. All right, good God. You see the guy hanging and he points to it and then it turns into Lars Ulrich and it's just him hanging by a noose while playing the drums. That would be wonderful. So the spookiest dream of all... um, is when I moved from this place to my current house, the first night I slept here, um, I had a dream. It was my room, my room completely empty and the little girl standing in the middle of it. She turns around 
and she starts walking towards me and it's still sort of like that I'm a camera and I'm backing up I back up out through the house and I'm traveling backwards and I'm going I can tell I'm going from my old house to my new house but it's clear like I can see the streets I know where I am and it backs up until I'm in my town and then my street and then my room and I can see my room even though I'm still dreaming and as I wake up with like a pop I hear I'll get you jeez and then I woke up and it was and it yep. was it, but it was a it was a menacing. I'll get you. It wasn't like a I'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think Detective Popcorn sent me that. Thing. That's great. Mm, yeah, sleeping there. Mm, it's like a hot dog laying on a warm tray. Mm, mm, so wants. delicious, all pink and laying down there. Oh, I wish I wasn't a crazy little ghost girl. Mm, I wish I could be some mustard on that hot dog. I mean, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> that sounds perfect, Rowan. That is wonderful, and I'll tell you, it, uh, it, you're a beautiful woman, and that and that ghost was really India. Oh, isn't you. that nice? Yeah, I'll get you. You know, I, I say that to all the girls. He does. He does say that to <laughs> all does. of the women, yeah. and it is it is legitimately a problem. It is. Yeah, yeah. It it's is. become an issue. Yeah. yeah. All right, Rowan. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Goodbye. All right. Talk Bye. to you soon. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. 
Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it, and she loved it, and she wore it when we went on vacation, and model did everybody come around being like, where'd you get that piece, you beautiful woman? And I was like, stop talking to my wife. She's spoken for. You can see it with the Blue Nile bling she's got on her. Right now, get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. How many platforms do I work on? So many platforms. Can you believe it? Google Docs. Work on that. Very complicated. Lots of different things going out. Clickety-clack, right? Slack. Saying things to my employees. All my, all my, my main doldgers walking around here. It makes sure it changes cluck to the word I meant for it to say to everyone. But I try to say not curse words on Slack. What am I supposed to do about it? But Grammarly doesn't fix curse words, does it? Because Grammarly's too good for it. It's too classy. It's Grammarly is an AI writing partner that helps you get work done faster with high quality writing. Because better writing means a stronger impact. The pen is mightier than the sword. Except when the sword is in the room. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing and suggestions based on your audience goals and context. Can you believe it? And data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly. It's in its goods. All right. So Grammarly's great. Use it. I use it. I love its gentle harassment of my writing style because it does help me because sometimes my thumbs are faster than my eyeballs. Don't quote me on that. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, well, let's hear uh, another reading from Henry. Yes. Mm, I open my email, and what do I hear? <laughs> Is it a man yelling? No, it's a ghost. This is a story from Rylan Anderson, Mr. Anderson. I was in late middle school, or maybe even freshman year when this happened. I'm from a military family, so we move around a lot. At the time this happened, we were stationed in Hawaii. <laughs> the housing area that we lived in originally had been scheduled for demolition, so we were moved into a newly built neighborhood that was outside the American Air Force Base. Oh, it's an American Air Force Base. I thought it was a weird Hawaiian town. Hickam. How is it spelled? Yeah. Hickam. It's spelled like Hickam, but I thought oh. that maybe it's because they're all weird. I don't know what their race is over there. Right, right. As I said... Polynesian. Oh, fake Asian. As I oh. said, <laughs> the houses were brand new, but they weren't great. As I would later find out, they were built entirely by the construction apprentices who did an awful job to the point where they even mixed the paint and primer wrong and our walls were plastically sticky, like a grip tape. Anyway, my mother had recently had another child, who we named Gil, which is an unfortunate name to give a, a kid because basically you've made him a middle manager his whole life. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he was just learning to speak in full, semi-full sen sentences. About six months after we had moved into the house, I personally noticed that there were odd cold spots around the house. 
I'd always jokingly think, uh-oh, there must be a ghost in here. <laughs> you were right. These spots were usually around the stairs. We had the kind of stairs that went halfway up, stopped, and became a small landing, and then continued to the second story in the opposite direction. In addition to the cold spots, I always noticed things being moved from where I put them, a door being closed, the fan being turned on, my plate moving from one side of the counter to the other, even the TV volume would seem to change sometimes when I was away or in the WC. As myself, I'm known to be an airhead, so for most of it, I thought I must have just moved things and forgotten about it. It happened to my parents too, though, which was more strange. For instance, I overheard my mom scolding herself for leaving open a window she swore she closed. It says mum, but I feel weird saying mum. As all this started happening, Gil began to act quite oddly as well. He would stare at seemingly nothing and say, play? As if he were talking to someone, which we didn't think much of. This only happened for probably two weeks, and then his behavior changed. Every now and then, he would run to my mother as if he was running from something. Frightened, but not exactly terrified. One day, he stood at the bottom of the stairs and pointed to the landing area and said to my mom, Why is he here? Mom would respond with the, Who, sweetie? The building man, my brother said, as if it was obvious. And it's not obvious. Gil is fucking going nuts. Gil needs to be put in a mental asylum. My mother began to treat it as if she just made an if he just made an imaginary friend. Later that week, though, Gil asked Mom to make the building man go away, and in the same day, didn't want to be carried up the stairs to the nursing room because the building man was there, and he said it would it would always point to the general area of the landing or the stairs. He'd always point right there to the landing. Eventually, he began to act very scared of the so-called building man that he kept seeing near the stairs, and he would scream and cry whenever my mom carried him up or down the stairs. As his reactions became more alarming, I mentioned it to a friend who also happened to be the son of the first family to move into this new neighborhood. Upon telling him, he became very interested, like weirdly interested, and I asked him why was he so curious and about what my brother was saying about this building man. My friend, who's called Joseph, by the way, mm -hmm. informed me of an accident that happened at the time that they were still erecting certain houses in the neighborhood. They did it in sections, so some could move in while others were still being constructed. Apparently, there were a couple of workers that had gotten into an argument while finishing the wooden framework of a house. They were doing something with the roof. I don't remember what specifically, but they became agitated. I guess to the point where they weren't paying attention, and thus one of them fell, probably not using a harness system, stupid apprentices, and even though it was only a two-story fall, he had landed on his head, and it was a fatal injury. As you could probably guess, that house was my house. My goddamn house. So at this point, I was putting together a theory that what my younger brother was seeing was in fact the ghost of the man whom I presume was the worker that died that day. Mm. I am indeed a believer in ghosts, but I was not keen on believing that I personally had moved to a house that was actually haunted. After a huge few days of talking about it with Joseph, we decided that we needed to confirm the existence of this ghost or spirit and discover why it would be lingering. That night, after our parents were asleep, he snuck out and came to my house and we busted out the good old-fashioned Ouija board that George Norrie fucking hates. We asked the standard questions, are you here, who are you, what's up, my humbug, fucker, no answer. And so he became kind of irritated and asked what was probably a significantly more violent tone, who are you and why are you here? Like in Paranormal Adventures. Right after that, a gust of wind swept through the living room, but there were no open windows or doors. Greatly encouraged by a reaction of some sort, I asked again in an angry tone. At that moment, I did so, so did Joseph. They sense a presence, like a feeling you get when someone is behind you. 
There was nothing there. But then we heard a clear noise. A noise like someone had just jumped and stomped loudly on the landing. You fucker! You hear that noise? Yeah, I heard that. We ran out of the house like little schoolgirls. Let me tell you, I was Usain motherfucking Bolt for, for 15 seconds it took me to get out the back door. And he would find that insulting. Yeah. My parents were flying back to the mainland for a wedding. The house would be empty for the weekend, and I would be home alone for a few days. We took this chance to perform a seance and hopefully get rid of the spirit. We decided to call that out of respect since ghost sounds, I mean... We grabbed a few friends who were into the occult and contacted a medium. There's really only one medium on the island who'd be considered legit or real. Apparently, it was very lucky that we were able to get a hold of her on such a short notice. We began at a circular table and began at midnight, although I thought it was unnecessary. She did the same general talk up, asking her questions, but she did it for several minutes. Eventually, she paused and waited for a moment before going again. Who are you? As if an answer, the candles were, that we were using went out. I guess she took that as an answer because she continued. She asked, why are you here? After a second of silence, she said that it was angry, almost described as irritated. She cut to the point and told the spirit, I want you to leave this place. Leave this house. She got louder saying, leave this house. Do not stay here. Leave this house. This is Hawaii. Go to the beach. And then the baby gate we put at the bottom of the stairs flew out of place. Like, <laughs> as if it was kick. As if it was kicked. With one more shot of leave here, she stopped talking. Then after what seemed like ages of silence, she said that it was gone. And she made 300 easy dollars. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's glory. Gil went entirely back to normal and never mentioned the building man again. Thank you so much, Rylan. Is that the worst part of living in Hawaii, huh? That's great. You too <laughs> sad because you're surfing to work every day and you got beach boys playing everywhere and poi, nothing but soft food. Yeah, you're all upset about living in Hawaii because you got ghosts. You should be lucky for the ghosts. I live, I live in Los Angeles and I can't see a goddamn ghost for the life of me. Yeah. You're so. The lucky only thing, the only thing that story was missing was this sentence. Also, later that year, a deer with brain worms ran <laughs> through the school. And shat all over the comments during lunch. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get back to another call. Okay. Hello, Cat. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Cat, what's Fantastic. up? Okay, this let's see, Cat. Here. There's Cat. There's the boys. Get my in it? I can't. Hey. Okay, that's my hand. No one can ever see me. Yeah, put your head you farther this way. It's this this way. The camera this right there's here. a camera oh, here. There. So yeah. this is the infamous smelly studio, huh? Yeah. It does not smell better today. No, it smells <laughs> worse today. It no, smells no. bad, like old weed. Yeah, it's because it smells like... <laughs> yeah. Because also the smell coming from Ben right. is like W.C. Fields corpse. Oh. <laughs> Can a man drink a bottle of vodka? Can a man... Come on. Hi, right, how are you guys? Good, Cat. How are you it's doing? Only slightly hungover. Yeah, just oh slightly. God. Where are you at, Cat? I am on Andrews Air Force Base in Maryland. Holy shit! Oh, wow. sir, are you um are you an Air Force? I am. That is good. That's great. I love because 
you guys are believable humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not all of us. <laughs> you know, I think we've got fans in every branch of the military. Yeah. Except, right. yeah, we got some Navy people. We, we actually talked to a Marine earlier today. We haven't met a single person from the fucking NSA. <laughs> mm, that's yeah. I should drive by there every day when I go up to Baltimore. Can you go and can you like get a bunch of rotten eggs and throw it at the fucking building I've, for me? I've thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like get out of it's like every day you stop by, you like I get my coffee, I, I park in front of the NSA office, I scream at them about getting out of my head, and then I drive back to my Air Force bit. <laughs> <laughs> Now, before we get into this story, what I want you to do is take off your Letterman's jacket if you're in high school. Take off yeah, your well, policeman's uniform if you're a police officer. I like that idea. Right? Get all the way down to your your nude self. Take your underwear down and wrap it around your feet like it's weird socks. And then I want you to go and uh, uh, fucking make a, a loaf of weed in the oven. Go in the, take a bunch of weed and put it in a fucking baking tray. And put it in the oven it? at 450, 450. And what you do is yeah. let that weed bake for like 15 minutes and yeah. then stick right. your head in the oven. Shut it off. <laughs> Shut off the oven after it's right. been baking on the yeah, 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 Get yeah. some of that sweet, sweet, all that sweet smoke and let it fucking go in your nose. And then I want you to sit down. I want you to put in your earplugs and mm. I want you to get ready for the scariest tale we've heard today. Yeah. From cat, yeah, and that's, the Air that, Force. That, that's a very difficult way to smoke weed. <laughs> I will say, I don't know if that's the best. It's the fifth know. of these intros I've done. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, oh, okay, it's, I mean, yeah. they're still just as good as the first. Yeah, yeah. That's. I, I will agree with that, Marcus. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're very good. Yeah. All right, Cal, right, what you got? <laughs> All right. So when I moved, when I got stationed in mainland Japan, 2012, uh, I I lived in the dorms since I'm unmarried. So, I mean, at first when I got in there, it was fantastic. I had my own bathroom, like, tiny little apartment-sized thing. It was great. I was so happy to finally have my own bathroom. And um, I would notice, like, things out of the corner of my eye just, like, moving. Kind of just played it off, didn't think too much of it. And um, I started to hear, like, weird knocking noises, like, coming from inside my wooden closet. And uh, just kind of played it off as, like, other airmen banging around. But it, the walls were kind of solid cement. It would be a little hard. Um it started escalating though when I would like I'd be putting my hair up to go running and out of the corner of my eye I would see a black form walking into my bathroom. Jesus. No, I, I just ignored it. Was not gonna like investigate anything further because that's how white people die in horror movies. <laughs> right. They investigate. So you were a good thing. But you but cat, you're the fucking Air Force. You're you have to investigate. Yeah. You're of the military. I'm, I'm the Air Force, exactly. What am I gonna do? Yeah, but, I'm rock hard. Yeah, Can I just say that? <laughs> I am I, I can't stop thinking of Jody Foster, Silence of the Lambs, hair up, going for a jog. Can't marry me. <laughs> but no, you're the girl that survived. No, no answer. No, no, answer. Answer. no, no answer. answer. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, her profile picture, she's got a picture with a man with a beard. Oh, you're dating. Yeah, he's a, a hipster. Is it Santa Claus? It's not Santa Claus. <laughs> you're dating a man with a beard, cat. He actually introduced me to your guys' podcast. Oh, I love him. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, fine. Well, offers off the table. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to go back to marrying that bottle of vodka. Totally. <laughs> 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 ah, <laughs> that's a bit like. <laughs> well, I mean, I would I would see this black form, and it would always be walking from, like, my front door from my closet into the bathroom. Um, sometimes I'd be showering. Uh, I'd be afraid to close my eyes because, like, I, I didn't know what would appear. And I'd see, like, shadows moving. I'm like, oh, it's it's just the light. It's just the light. Play it off. 
Um, the scariest thing happened to me, though. I was taking a nap on my couch, and I, I distinctly remember when I came home, I didn't even take off my boots. I was just so exhausted. I walked in the room, locked the door, and then lay down on the couch and passed out. Um, I heard my front door open, and uh, I, I can't move at this point, but my eyes are open. And I, I hear this Japanese lady uh, say sorry in Japanese and excuse me, and I hear her walk in, and I, I look o- I look up, and it looks like she's wearing a, a almost a businesswoman suit, like the dress and the pant coat, um, and she had long, long black hair. And so I close my eyes, and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm terrified. I close my eyes, and I feel her hair drape on my face, and I, I feel her touch my mm. face, and she opens my eye, and all I see are the whites of her eyes and the long hair. And so I sit up, and I'm finally able to move, and I scream, and there's nothing there, and the door's unlocked. Oh, wow. Shit. What I do like is that they're still polite. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you say, how do you say uh, I'm sorry in uh, Japanese? Uh, Gomenasai. That's oh, so, wow. you Gominasai. know, because they, 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 they crazy. we've seen it a million times now with like, you know, uh, the original ring and with the, the uh, every single J-horror film like portrays right. the ghost like that. But that is, that is how the Japanese ghosts appear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Japanese ghosts definitely have a certain style. Panache. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Was and that's. What was the feeling when you were around the uh, the entity there? Was did, did you feel like just terrified or? I felt really unsettled. I, I eventually that night I went out with a few of my friends to get ramen, and I was like jokingly telling about it, you know, trying to play it off again. And uh, my buddy, he's like, "What kind of suit was she wearing?" And I explained it to him <laughs> that it looked like dark blue. He's like, "Oh, um." I'm not trying to freak you out, but I've I've seen that lady at the end of my bed, and I I now sleep with lights on. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Because <laughs> you know, we actually I think it's it's amazing that he asks like what color the <laughs> suit was. Like, that's, yeah, it's like oh it was mine. A, oh, that's a different one. Mine wears a a, yeah. a brown suit. But you're <laughs> saying someone sits at the end of your bed, right? Well, yeah. She, yes. Okay. Does she yeah. like do the thing where she goes like, oh, I never had the future, and then shoots blood all out of your eyes, and you wake up and you're in the bathroom covered in your own blood? Does that happen to you too? Hmm. <laughs> um, that's really fucking terrifying. Oh, awesome. like, there's something that is so scary because we also got um, a ghost story from a man that served in Afghanistan. Well, um, and it's terrifying. What is it about? And Henry, maybe you can answer this. What is it about moving to a foreign country? I, I feel like a lot of these people uh, experience these things when they're in new environments. Well, it's a, it, I feel like there's a lot. As soon as you're unsettled, they talk about it like even yeah. any sort of psychic phenomenon, anything that's like ghosts or anything that normally happens when something is either in transition or or, or during like emotional stress. Right. Where, like, and there's a or lot that's of stri- right, puberty and stuff as well. Yes, because yeah. there's a lot of change going on, and I'm basically according to the modern theory of what's going on with ghosts and shit like that is that there is intelligences outside of us that that sort of work with our our consciousness which is like a gigantic operating system so sometimes it just takes the right person and the right scenario to like be the key in the lock that allows like the ghost to play out So so figure that into your moving plans you yes. know, and just be like, we have, you know, $5,000 for the move to Chicago, two weeks of ghost uh, trauma. <laughs> Don't forget that. We have to take off work. And then we got to get some deep dish. Yeah, then we got to do deep dish. And, you know, of course, get those hot dogs. Uh, Kat, an amazing story. Thank you so much. How much longer do you have in the Air Force, Kat? Three more years. Woo! Uh, uh, are you enjoying it so far? 
I miss being in Japan. We're oh, that's right. You're not over there. Yeah, you're in Andrews, Maryland. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fucking all right. We won't tell your boss. I that... love this place. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Uh, I, I bet. <laughs> well, you, you and your gun to our head. You and your, <laughs> yeah, you and your fella gotta come over, uh, come up to New York sometime and come see the live show or something. Definitely, it's like only a four-hour drive. That's not bad. Yeah, that's come not, yeah, that's come up, yeah, come up, come on for the weekend. Have a nice weekend in New York City. Well, thank you. Well, I I'm hope. I'm doing. Uh, well, I hope yeah, you don't man. get a, any haunted by any real criminals of Baltimore. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness, <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. Um, all right, thank you so much, Ken. Thank you, guys. Hail well, Satan! Hail Satan! Woo! Yeah. Hello. Hey. What's up, Jason? How you doing, dude? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Very good. Very good. Very good indeed. Yeah, it's just me and Ben. Henry had to hop on a plane back to Los Angeles. I figured he's probably filming something. Oh, yeah, man. A to Z. <laughs> Thursdays on NBC. Don't forget about it. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing pretty good. Hell yeah, dude. Um, I actually just got off of work a little bit ago. So, uh, Where do you work at? Uh, I work at a pet store in the Upper West Side. Oh, no shit. What kind of pets do you specialize in over there? Uh, dogs and cats mainly, but we don't have any actual pets there. We just basically give out, not give out, we sell food and things like that. Oh, nice. I love that. Um, so you know Sun Show, huh? Kind of. Um, he was uh, he was actually a um, friend. He was a classmate of one of my little cousins when he was in school at Stone Middle School. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah. so did you hang out with the guy? A few times, yeah. Actually, it got to the point where he stopped hanging out with my cousin and ended up hanging out with me quite often. So you were creepier than your cousin. That's yes. what that means, right? <laughs> like, Sun Show was like, this cousin of yours is far too normal. I think I'm going to go to Crazy Jason. Yeah, for those of you who don't, who sung, if Sun Show doesn't immediately uh, ring a bell in your mind, this is the guy that killed 32 at Virginia Tech back in 2007. Wounded 17. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, uh, I mean, up until recently, one of the most prolific spree killers in the history of the world, mm -hmm. as far as we know, at least. He was very call. He actually held the record for, like, the highest kills until some other guy who was also in Korea did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also in Korea. I think it was a Korean guy. I'm not entirely sure. I believe the record is Brevik still. Yeah, Anders, Bre yeah, Anders Brevik. Oh, he's no, Anders Brevik, yeah. He's, the, well, I mean, yeah. after, after Sung Cho, and then I think it was... Uh, I think, yeah, it was Anders Brevik after that. Right. Well, Sun Show definitely uh, put the nail in the coffin for the Matrix look. Uh, <laughs> no one liked it after that. So uh, go into your experiences with, uh, experiences with uh, Sun Show. Well, when I was, uh, when I was in high school, uh, every so often I would go over and I would hang out with my cousins. And I would uh, basically babysit them until their parents got home because they both worked at the airport. Um, if you don't know where Centerville, Virginia is, it's in northern Virginia. It's, like, right outside of Dulles Airport. It's in an odd part of Fairfax where it's, like, it used to be all farms, and then they turned it all into, like, McMansions and townhouses. So you got a lot of people from all over the country who would come in and move there, and 
eventually he was in one of the classes with my cousins. I think it was like one of their English classes for people who originally spoke a second language or something. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Anyways, he would come over every so often to work on homework with my cousin. And afterwards, they would just watch TV or something. Um, one what, day, I What was, would they watch usually? Uh, just, believe it or not, a lot of TRL. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> yep, that seems about something that would uh, inspire someone to mass shoot. Yeah, Carson Daly, Daisy Fuentes, who is the oh, host this is, then? Yeah, this is in the heyday of that, too. This is right. like mid to late 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I right. remember that time. MTV is responsible for more death than cancer. <laughs> So what was he like? like? What was he like as a kid? Was there ever any indication that he was odd or you know just generally off? Oh yeah, there was a lot of indication that he was just off. I think that's one of the reasons why I got along with him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are you armed right now? No. Okay. No, I'm not. Thank God. <laughs> uh, basically, he never talked to anyone, and if he did talk to someone, it'd be like halfway through saying something, he would just stop talking. Weird. Very weird. What would um, he do when he stopped talking? Would he look away or just... Uh, would, look, did, he wouldn't even look at you. He would just like stare down at his shoes the whole time. Or whenever he's talking to you, he'd be looking down at his shoes. Or he'd be just looking at some other random thing. So there's no charm in this fellow whatsoever? Not really, no. It, it basically, it was like almost like a walking shell. It was the weirdest thing. So what was it that made you want to maintain a friendship with him? Uh... He came in. He watched me play Resident Evil 2. Oh, that's a great game. I love Resident That's <laughs> yeah. Nemesis, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah he oh, sat down yeah. and watched me play the whole thing all the way through. So that was one of the largest um, things that the media, in my personal opinion, and Marcus, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe your personal opinion as well, mm-hmm. they blew that way out of proportion. His love for video games, how he played Resident Evil, how he played uh, Call of Duty, as if that somehow was hitting the Y button to reload is a hell of a lot more, uh, a hell of a lot easier than it is to actually reload a real gun. Yeah. So what did you think when you found out that, when you heard there was a shooting and you found out that it was this dude that you knew, what was your first thought? Oh my God, I'm the guy who gave him Half-Life and got him into Counter-Strike. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, it, and it, you do wonder, is this aiding and abetting a terrorist? Is this <laughs> is this providing, uh, you know, uh, you know, crucial skills uh, to help somebody go and murder a bunch of people? You're a felon, sir. <laughs> <laughs> You're a felon. <laughs> well, I actually get called terrorist by my friends for a totally different reason. Why is that? <laughs> I, I'm slightly off subject, and we'll get back to uh, Mr. Cho. Okay. Uh, basically, I'm Afghan, so that's one of the reasons. Oh, that's because oh, your friends okay. are racist. Your friends are just racist oh, pieces of shit. Oh, good God. All right. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, don't listen to them. for the- Jesus. You're not. God, now that we know that, yeah. I, I love this guy. Of course yeah. Sun Show is attracted to you. He's like, oh, another person everyone hates. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time, in the 90s, Afghans were like, okay, those are the guys who make the really good fucking turnovers with potato inside of them. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that all changed a couple years ago. Uh, a couple uh, oh, years yeah. A few yeah. years later, people were like, oh, oh, no. Yeah. Right. That did change. But um, I mean, but seriously, like, I mean, besides, like, Counter-Strike, like, knowing somebody who committed such a heinous act that really just takes, like, did you say, like, oh, I knew, or, like, did it come as a complete surprise? No, it came as a total surprise. Um, actually, my cousins, uh, they after he'd start hanging out with me, all they did at school was just make fun of him all the time. Right. 
that's it. That's all they do is just make fun of him every yeah. day and like poke at him, throw food at him and stuff. So you would say that he was actually bullied? Oh yeah, quite often. Yeah. And what do you think the uh, the motivation of the bullying is? Obviously the community you live in treats you as a terrorist. Uh so it's probably not very uh kind to him. Uh Northern Virginia is a very odd area. It's a lot of really well-off people and also really people who are trying to uh, basically get their foot in in America at the same time. Right. Yeah. Well, that if was, you've, that was if you've really ever been there, it's that's basically all it is. And, and there's a huge Korean population from there. And it's a lot of people who are expats from South Korea or it's people who have uh, flown in directly from like getting smuggled overseas from North Korea. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it was a similar situation in Wisconsin. There was a lot of Hmong uh, from Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. You, but so when he committed the shootings, did you understand his rationale more than somebody from the outside? Because we see him as a monster. We see him as somebody who just murdered 32 people, injured 17, you know, uh, others. These are college kids. These are people who have their entire lives in front of them. I mean, did you understand a little bit more of his reasons behind it? Were you slightly more sympathetic? I was I was more I, – there's really no sympathy towards just killing a ton of people just because you want to be seen as like a godlike figure. Uh, another thing is I used to talk to him a lot about religion too. What were what was, <laughs> oh, really? some of his thoughts on religion? Well, he was – he was basically – his family is like a Korean Catholic I think. I'm Korean not entirely Catholic. sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, the Koreans are big into Christianity. Oh yeah, like back when, back in way back when, uh, when the missionaries would go to South Korea. In fact, during um, the Korean War, there was a lot of people converted over to Christianity there. Yeah, but um, he was really big into it. Um, and I'm a stone cold atheist. Right. And I would start giving him all these little plants. I'd be like, yeah, you ever questioned anything about the Bible and things like that. And then years later, he's got like this thing where he's going on a diatribe about how he's the new Jesus Christ and that all of Christianity is like hypocritical. And how did the, <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah. how did the friendship stay together, uh, throughout this entire thing? Do you feel like you convinced him, uh, you know, into the sort of the atheist lifestyle? He wasn't an atheist. No. He believed himself as like a new version of Jesus. Yeah, in his manifesto, he said, thanks to you, I die like Jesus Christ to inspire generations of the weak and defenseless people. Right. Yeah, yeah. He, de- he saw himself as a Christ-like figure. So you, could ne- so you could never convince him otherwise? No, after a while, it's just like I had my, my thoughts, he had his thoughts. I don't ever try to convince people of the other thing. Right. Um, did you find, but, did he get angry or uh, was he super passionate about his religion? Uh, he would just talk about it, and he would just he would start talking, and then drop off mid sentence, like in the middle of. It, it didn't matter what I was saying; he would always do that. This seems super common with what he did. I mean, Marcus, can you Google what? what I mean, is there any? What What is that? Is that autism? Did you find him to be like mildly autistic? Very much so, but at the time I didn't really even know what autism was. Right. Yeah, and, and no yeah, one. Really it was did. one of those things that people didn't really diagnose back then. Yeah, you just thought he that guy's weird. That guy's socially awkward. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think they said it was something to do with like he was partially mute, but it was an emotional thing. Right? Did not you... like a. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. Go on. It wasn't like a. It wasn't like a physical defect or anything like that. It was just he would just stop talking. But the community sort of understood this. This was a. This was a normal. Like everyone's like, yeah, that's that son show. He just kind of stops talking mid sentence. That was that was common. Kind of. At the same time, it's Northern Virginia. There's no real community. It's just people just 
go to work, go to McDonald's, go home, pick up some food, go back right. to work, go to school, have a few friends are in the neighborhood, then go do whatever, study, go into college. <laughs> yeah, would that's you, it. There was no real community when it comes to those things. People aren't really neighbors there. You know, and this is really the uh, the deterioration of the small American town, and that's True. what we're dealing with here. And this is uh, yeah, this is like a planned community. That's what right. That's what Centerville was. It was a totally planned community from A to Z. They're like, this is going to be a place where we're going to have people who work in D.C. take sixty six to work and then take sixty six back. Right, and then the na- the neighbors are always uh, you know randomly leaving uh, un uh, you know signed letters on somebody else's front door about their dogs barking too late in the night and things like that. Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah, no definitely. there's no, no community. Um, is there any sort of sign uh, that you would say? What is, is there any definitive moment? With your hanging out with Sun Show, that you thought he might be able to murder 32 people and injure 17 others. No, I actually thought of him as more of a pushover. You could just like, he was made fun of by everyone. I'm not kidding when I say like every single person you can think of made fun of him or they just mocked him or they did random shit to him. It was just one of those things that. He was the guy who got pushed over over and over again. You wouldn't expect him to do anything later on. I mean, we're used to watching movies and reading books about people who are pushed to the breaking point, and then they're like, fuck it, I'm going to kill everyone. But he was not at that point. He was at the point where he was like, okay, I'll just be meek in the corner over and over again. Do you think the fact that he was so bullied, um, do you think that that justifies his actions? No. Jesus Christ, Ben. Who knows? It does, of course I mean, not. It's tough to say. No, yeah, yeah, no, it's not. All right. It's very easy to say. All right. Just asking. Just asking. Yeah, there's, no, there's no excuse for going in and just killing a bunch of people. I mean, not unless you think that you are living in a movie or something like that. And even though it's right. reality versus fantasy, there's a huge difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, mean I, I would assume he felt like he was living in a video game. Yeah, I'd imagine so. I mean, it sounds like that you were his... I mean, it's very possible that you may be the only friend that Sung Cho had his entire life. Maybe. I have no idea. I mean, from what... <laughs> All I know is that after, after a while, I was more or less focusing on graduating from high school, and he was just about to get into high school. So there's a bit of an age difference there, too. But I was just studying uh, to go right into college or do whatever I was going to do after high school and after that we just had to, we just didn't talk after that yeah. I played against him once in a while in Counter-Strike kicked his ass a few times and that's about it well maybe you should have thrown some games <laughs> you ever think about that maybe 32 people would be alive if you just chose to fucking put the remote down for a goddamn second and let Sun Show win a goddamn game Jason, you caused this whole this whole catastrophe. Oh, God damn it! Not again. All right, yeah, you're responsible for 32 dead and 17 victims. Jason, thanks so much for calling in. Hey, no problem, man. Talk to you soon. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Well, this is an incredibly successful listener pasta episode. Thank you, everybody, for yeah. your submissions. We got a lot of scary shit. Um, honestly, this the the so all the stuff we've got from our military is all scary as shit. It's awesome, because, man. Because these are people whose jobs are are to protect <clears throat> us, and they're scared. Yeah. What do you yeah. do then? <laughs> do you do send you in do? the comedians? <laughs>
<laughs> no. 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 Why would you why would you even think about that? If ISIS had to sit through an open mic, they would probably all shoot themselves in the head. <laughs> I think that could work. Just drop in just 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 start like blasting the desert with live feed from the creek Sundays at four four o'clock. <laughs> oh, that'd be perfect. Um Thank you guys so much. So we're we're fucking slamming balls deep into Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I'm so fucking excited. I'm going to Halloween Horror Nights. Thank you to people for their suggestions online. I'm going to Halloween Horror Nights with my sister. Jackie's coming to town. Yeah. And we're getting tacos. And then we're going to go to, I'm going to get fucking ripped to the fucking eyeballs and go punch some dude dressed as Beetlejuice. <laughs> Very fun. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, hail yourselves. Magusta Lashans. Someone Hi. pointed out that we missed it last week. That made me sad. And uh, Halgeen, of course. Hail Satan. Thank you, Satan, for your gifts. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hail me! Oh, and if you want to buy a t-shirt, go to cavecomedyradio.com slash lastpodcast. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm sorry. We've heard, we have had several people who say that the shirts, some, the shirts sometimes smell like cigarettes. But guess what? That's what we smell like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're just getting a little window of what it's like to stand next to or possibly kiss and hug one of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. That's closest you're going to get to kissing me. <laughs> I smell and taste like cigarettes constantly. Well, that's mm. disgusting. Well, um, all right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. See you in the cancer ward, Marcus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, Marcus is going to die of lung cancer. <laughs> oh, no. I'll be killed long before then. Okay. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 